Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Boundary AFLW podcast on SEN. My name is Nick Negropontis. And my name is Chloe Malloy, and we have both returned negative COVID tests. I've never actually had a COVID test, just so you know. No, I mean, I've been at home for nine months. So I feel like it's just COVID is just something that's just a part of how we introduce ourselves now. I mean, true. Yeah. And I survived COVID. I mean, I hope so, but we're, we're, we're still still a few months away from, from oh, no. saying we officially survived it. But, don't want to jinx anything. But we're here to talk about AFLW today, not about COVID, hopefully. Let's, let's hope that's a season goal because last year we didn't get to do that. We didn't, we didn't get a, a completed season. We got a completed podcast uh, thing in and we got to come back, which is even better. So it's going to be a big show for you today. As per normal, we went off on a tangent 90 seconds in, 60 <laughs> seconds in. That's how we're gonna. That's how the season's gonna roll. This is how we roll. But we're going to have. We're gonna have a, a stocked, uh, full, a full fridge for you today um, on the Boundary <laughs> AFLW podcast. St Kilda uh, coach Peter Searle is going to join us. We're going to break down the Saints, and in particular, we want to talk to her about women's coaching in general and and the the progress of the competition overall. Because there's there's few smarter minds in footy than than Peter Searle. Yes, yeah, she provides a great insight, um, and just hearing her speak, even I'm pretty captivated by it. So she's. Definitely one that you don't want to miss. Speaking of you don't want to miss, we're also going to be talking to Adelaide star midfielder Ebony Marinoff, who if, if, you, if you're a, a returning fan of the show, you'll remember that when we interviewed her last year, she was in the middle of doing her washing. So where will she be this year? I think we had to call her twice. Yeah, we, we did. She, she missed her phone because she was doing the washing, doing the which washing. is fair enough. But good on her. I'm glad she is doing the you've, washing. You've got to do the washing at some time. So <laughs> it's, um, it's good. So yeah, stay tuned to find out where, where Ebony is today. So... We've got two big interviews for you. I should have started the stopwatch anyway. Um, yeah, so Chloe, how you been? It's been a while. I've actually been been well, actually. I mean, it's gone ebbs and flows throughout 2020 and we're in 2021 and it's crazy to think that we're here now doing this all again. Um, but yeah, actually progressing quite well. COVID obviously hit a little bit hard, but um, picked myself up, dusted myself off, moved into a new place. Pretty excited to get back to footy and just eager to get out there and I'm sick of training and I just want to <laughs> play now. I'm, I hate the running. I, I don't like the preseason. I don't think anyone does, but yeah, I'm excited to get back into it all and get to some normality, um, whatever that is these days. Yeah. And at least, at least it looks like we're going to be getting there. The, the signs point to assuming this, this GWS stuff gets sorted out. Everything else looks like it's going to be relatively normal. For us, at least, it's Carlton Collingwood round one. So I know. And how, actually, who, who's going to win that punt? Well, you guys kicked Carlton's butt last time. Okay, cool. So like, that's your answer. I, I, in a roundabout way, Collingwood. In a roundabout way, Collingwood. I mean, <laughs> if you think, of, yeah, that game was so weird. That was, Carlton won every other game and then just looked like absolutely flat on, in that one. You just, you crushed them. Thank you. I can't say anything more than that. Thank you. Um, but yeah, round one excitement. How, how do you, how do you feel now? How do you think, like, do you think you're ready for, for, for a game right now? I mean, you, have, you haven't played a game since the final last year yeah since it got cut short out of the blue um I was at a pub with the teammates and Nicole Livingston's face came up on Instagram with the season cancelled I thought it was a some joke and I was like I surely I'm not that drunk yet but (laughs) um it was true but I'm I don't know if we're ready I like honestly I yes no I'm have to be in a gray area there because we haven't played footy we've been deprived of it for so long so I mean we could only do what we've done and, and we can't change how the preseason has gone so far. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm personally ready to play a game. I don't know if my skills or whatnot <laughs> or my fitness is, but yeah, I think 
um, everyone is just chomping to to get out there and, and just, I guess, unleash unleash everything that we've been you know holding up since since the finals got cut short. That will be a big thing to watch, won't it? It's the how do the Victorian teams get impacted by the fact that they haven't played in a year, whereas the interstate teams have had their full their full winter competitions. I'm very curious to see that, especially with the draftees, because um, they, the Victorian ones again haven't played at all. But and and you can actually, and it's absolutely no offense to them because they cannot. It, it is not in their control, but you can actually tell the difference between yeah. the crop of the 2019 draftees versus this year draftees in that there's just a little bit more timid. They haven't played that much footy and, and it's just, it's quite bizarre, but you can tell the difference between those two, two players in, in one who's been around for a year, had women's footy and then one who's played maybe a handful of games, but um, that's not to say that they can't impact when they come in. Well, yeah, I guess that's, that's all fair enough. You've got an 18 year old thrown into a senior professional environment and they've, they've had, haven't played footy in a year. So you can't hold that against them, absolutely. Not at all. But yeah, so we're going to do our normal our normal thing to start the show. We've got questions prepared for each other. We haven't we haven't seen them. We've had seven months to to work on them, um, or fifteen minutes if you if you want to get serious about it. But <laughs> and then we'll throw straight to to Peter Searle, and then we'll go to Ebony. So Chloe, would you like to open the batting with the first question? So not normally an open batter, but I'll give it a shot today. My first hard-hitting question for you is, will the NAB League girls make as big as an impact as last year's crop? That's good. I mean, we, we covered that a bit already, but it's a good point because especially the Victorian ones, we haven't really seen them play, have we? Like, it's hard to expect someone like Ellie McKenzie, who's number one pick in the draft, to have the same impact as, say, uh, yourself or Isabel Huntington or a Maddie Prasparkas or a Nina Morrison before she went down. It's hard to have expectations on her as high as we had on them because obviously she hasn't played in 12 months. So she's going to need time that, I mean, who else is there? Like, I'm not that familiar with this year's draft crop, I'll be honest, but it's hard to see them being as impactful because I'll give you a stat. The uh, NAB Rising Star winner has made the All-Australian team every single year they've won. Every single year. Noffy won it. And then made the Australian team. You won it and won, made the Australian team. Then Prasparkas won it, made the Australian team. And then Huntington made it. And we made the Australian. So that's the stat. I wonder if that'll continue this year. Yeah, and you can't be, I, like I agree with you, you can't be so hard on them this year because it's not their fault that footy was taken away from them. Um, so my first question for you, sorry again, if, if, if anyone's noticed a sudden audio change, it's just for this little five-minute block of the podcast, and then we're back to your pure crisp stuff. So we got kicked out of the studio. We got we'll be honest with our listeners. We got kicked out. We, we don't. We don't lie to our our audience. Our audience. We got. We got replaced by Test Cricket, which is you know fair enough. Um, so my first question for you: Which move from last year's trade period caught your eye most? Oh, which move? I honestly, I was so removed from it all um, during that stage, like. Like we just said, we'll be honest, I kind of put footy on the back burner. Um, just kind of needed to mentally and physically reset myself. Yeah. Um, so it's a great question and you could probably come back to me next week. But I, I kind of just removed myself from all of that. And the only one I can really think of is, is Alicia Newman from oh, Melbourne. Yeah. Just tell me about um, it. Because, yeah, like I said, I was quite removed from it all just on a personal note. Yeah. Um, yeah, to reset. But... I was actually surprised we got Newey because I thought, you know, she had a great role with her Melbourne side um, and that's not to say that, you know, she didn't like Melbourne or didn't want to be there, just needed, I guess, a new challenge and a fresh start. So 
when we got her, I was like, oh, I didn't did not see that coming. That definitely came out of the blue for me because I, like I said, she was kind of well established in in the demon side, but um, very definitely happy mm. to have her across the road come come to Collingwood and her and Alana Porter. Um, if we played him in a practice match and Porter actually hurt Newman's oh. shoulder um, and she's still having issues with it. So it's kind right. of like a little bit of an inside joke. But, um, yeah, that's, that's the answer I've got for you on that. Melbourne is a team to watch, aren't they? Because they overhauled their – they got rid of seven players. They There wasn't a, a Collingwood men's situation. Where I won't get your comment on that. <laughs> but it wasn't a Collingwood men's situation where it sort of just happened. They said before the trade period, this is our strategy. This is what we're doing. We want to gear up for the draft this year before future expansions, and we have an older list. So fair enough. But they were one of the final four teams last year. Will they be there again? I guess that's what we're going to find out because they really did reset their list, didn't they? They did, and I actually like the approach that they took in being, you know, open and honest with how they were going to attack it. And, you know, people can critique it all they want, but I actually like that approach in, in you know, not, not everything is a secret. Like, yep. You can tell us what your approach is. You don't have to tell us who you're getting. But I like the way they handled that. Yeah, losing, well, delisting or seven players leaving. Mm. Um, seven, def- seven probably best 22, 25 players. Definitely makes you, you think about how they're going to perform this year after mm. being a top four side. But speaking of how a team will go, league-wise, do you think the standard will drop or increase? Because we did, I think we touched on it last season in our podcast. Yeah. That the skill level is, you know, it's been a, it's an increase. Do you think it'll plateau? Do you think it'll decrease? Or do you think that line will keep going up? It's a great question. I still think it goes up, even though it won't go up as much as it would have because of the Victorian situation mm. where everyone wasn't able to play. But you're right. We've seen it every single year where not only do we see it season to season where the skill goes up, we see it across the season. Like round one last year where we were talking about there was only 40 goals kicked, what was yeah. going on. And then by round seven, there was like 80 goals kicked. So it, it happens. There's, there's, um, it takes a few weeks to build into the season, I think, which is fair enough considering short pre-seasons, yep. um, not full-time hours. So I'm still expecting it to go up. And I think the fact that we haven't had any expansion will help because there's not another sudden flood of 80 players into the, into mm-hmm. the system. So I'm confident that it will go up, but I don't know whether it'll go up as much as it would have um, without COVID. But it definitely that line will go up. Not I think so. Yeah. I think so. It's hard to see it going plateauing or going down any time in the next 10 years, I think. I think all, all, all we'll see is it going up. That's good. I'm happy to hear that. <laughs> all right. So we, we have to address the elephant in the room. Um, Sarah Black had you at 29 <laughs> in her women's footy uh, top 30 rankings. Yes. Personally, is. I think it's low. What do you think? I'm cut up. I couldn't <laughs> sleep that night. Sarah Black, you, you had me in tears. No, honestly. Um... It is such, I guess it's a subjective thing, and but I do highly respect Sarah Black and her predictions and opinions on things. Um, and for me, like being at 29, it, it doesn't really phase me because I'm kind of like, well, you know, it just gives me, I've only got really one way to go and that's, <laughs> that's down because it's a top 30, yes. so you actually want to be in the top 10. So, um, but no, it, it is like it's each opinion and I think she's tweeted it or the AFRW tweeted it. It's based on the 2020 performance, and for me, I was thrown around a little yeah. bit. So, you know, I don't take it personally at all. It's it's someone else's opinion versus, you know, anyone else's. So, 
you know, at the end of the day, it's just a number and I will go out there and play the footy I want to play and I'll be the best I can. And if it's the best 29th player in the competition, then so be it. That's a fantastic answer. Um, yeah, I, I think you should have been higher, but we'll leave it there. <laughs> we, we're going to do our own top 30. Well, I'm going to do my top 30 because Chloe's not allowed to do a top 30. Um, but we'll we'll bring you to that in, in weeks where we don't have uh, two interviews. So stay tuned for that. But yeah, Chloe won't be a 29 in mine. But your question. You're, you're biased, Pom, but I appreciate it. I am you. biased, and I but don't have my bias. <laughs> on the topic of top players, well, who will Sarah Black's top player be? Oh, I have the same question for you. but so. Oh, that's okay. We'll, we'll answer yep. it each. Okay, but she um, isn't including players who didn't play three games last year, I think. So I think that means Aaron Phillips won't yeah, be actually, number one. That's what I'm intrigued, because I didn't think Flipper yep. actually qualified. played and qualified. I think she played three games or two games, but she obviously wasn't, you know, fully healthy in those yeah. games anyway. Um, well, Aaron Phillips to me is still the best player in the comp until yes. she is uh, removed from that pedestal. Well, that's like, the thing because no one's – we've got best players, but no one's been better than the Aaron Phillips no. best. And we've seen this before where Aaron has a dominant year, injury plagues year, dominant year, injury plague year. So she's in line for a dominant year. This year we'll speak to Ebony Marinoff about how Aaron is tracking um, a bit later in the podcast. But yeah, for me, Aaron Phillips is still the number one. If I had to pick uh, number one aside from Aaron, I'd say Jazzy Garner. I think she was the best player in the comp last year. I'm baffled at how the AFLW Brownlow votes panned out, where she got like six or something or four. Yes. That's beyond stupid. And we'll talk about voting for that in another podcast. Because that's, <laughs> that's been a bugbear of mine for the entire competition. But I would say Jazzy Garner. Yeah, and I'm going to jump on that, that train there. She, I remember seeing on social media um, her taking, you know, kind of making a mockery of it in a sense that I think everyone knew she should have higher votes and she only received yeah. six because, in my opinion, Tupont, I think she's one of the best players, if not the best player mm. in the competition in the sense that she is so versatile yeah. um, and sometimes that can be at a player's, you know, disadvantage but for her she can impact the scoreboard she goes into the midfield she finds the footy she's one of those players that nine out of ten times you know if if she's got the footy that something's happening yep. with it so for me yeah I, I agree I think she's the top player I don't know if Sarah Black will have her there we'll find out I think Press Parkus will be up there um but if it was my top 30 if I was allowed to do one mm-hmm let's just say I would have Jazzy as my number one. And that's fair enough because, I mean, she was probably, she was a top 20-ish player as a defender, a top 20-ish player as a forward, and then North unleash her in the midfield and she just dominates. Absolutely dominates. Yeah. So that was a surprise, the fact that she didn't get many votes. But yeah, so I, that's 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 all the questions I've got because we, we had the same one. Do you have any others? I've got one for you. Are you still haunted from wearing a Collingwood jersey? Yes, I will. <laughs> I, I um, have too many Collingwood people in my life, and that photo is now... That photo is forever. That photo is forever, and it, it, I've got to deal with that. I am sorry, not sorry. Haunted. But we have round one. We have round one, and who knows... The same deal? Uh, we'll, we'll see. Maybe we can up the deal somehow, Ooh, but we'll okay, see. Okay. We'll see. We'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get a bit closer to Definitely. it. But... Um, yeah, so shall we shall we bring in um, Peter Searle and good audio? <laughs> yes, we should bring in the one and only Peter Searle who kicked us off last year. And we will bring you now quality audio so you can turn the radio back down a little bit because the fresh audio is coming. 
So now we're joined by St Kilda head coach Peter Searle. She's entering her second season and the St Kilda's second season as as uh, in the uh, AFLW competition. She was our first guest ever on this program this time last year. So we figured it was only right to have her on show one of year two. So Peter, thank you very much for joining us. No problem. Thanks for having me once again. And um, I didn't know it was the first guest ever, so um, I feel quite humbled about that. Yes, you were our, our, our debutante um, uh, this time last year, which was good. And we're back, so clearly clearly, it's all worked out nicely. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, first off, um, welcome to 2021. Uh, how, 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 how's the group training? How are you preparing for, for the year in uh, a season where really it's, it's going to be a year of firsts, isn't it? Yeah, it certainly is. Uh, and obviously, um, without the VFL season, the girls probably didn't play as much footy um, as we'd like to of them to have to, especially our group's quite young um, and quite inexperienced. So to have some games into them would have been great. But um, they've, they've obviously done a lot of work on their own. Um, they're, they're running well. Um, you know, they've come back with, with good shapes in their, in their bodies and their legs. And um, a lot of them have worked individually on what they've needed to. And in terms of um, their skill development, um, you can see that you know, most of them have worked hard because um, you know they've come back really prepared, both skillfully and uh, physically. So it's been impressive um, on their behalf, and uh, I think also because of COVID and the small groups, it's it's to um, to some extent been an advantage because we've been able to really it's like you know teaching in a classroom. You know, you get um, one 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 teacher to sixteen kids or one key teacher to twenty five kids. So be able to really break down and work in small groups, I think it's been quite advantageous to us. Peter, it's Chloe here. Um, definitely this week's been quite weird for us. Um, we thought we were going to go back to some normality, but we've had to go into small groups again, which I agree has definitely been an advantage um, in a sense that we can focus more on the skills. And in saying that, the skills are getting better. So I'll put a question to you. Where will the Saints be better in 2021? <laughs> Yeah, well, obviously, we needed to score more. Um, we needed to hit the scoreboard, which really I think most teams do anyway. But um, we needed to find, to be, I think, around top four, we needed to find another six more inside 50s. And we needed to improve our ball use out from, from our back line. And I think uh, in terms of stoppage, we ended up uh, ranking number three overall, but probably seven from scores from stoppage. So basically, we just needed to get a bit more bang from our buck and that's our theme this year, bang from our buck um, and a lot of that is, is not just how to win the ball but what we do when we have the ball and um, so hopefully you'll see some children's ball movement um, improve from last year. You guys are quite active in the trade period. I thought you were one of the uh, the winners of the trade period overall honestly. Uh, Jade Van Dyke, Bianca Jacobson, you got them for pretty much nothing. Do you see them as stepping straight into, into your uh, back six, back seven sort of roles in uh, 2021? Yeah, absolutely. I think defensively, you know, we're pretty good. We're pretty hard to score against, but uh, we defended quite deep in the ground, which actually meant transition and, and getting a bit back inside our 50 was, was a bit harder. Um, you know, often with, you know, people said we played with one behind the ball. We didn't just dropped off dropped off the fifth. So, um, but with, with Jade and, and um, BJ, we're hoping that, um, you know, we start to be a bit more attacking and defend a little bit higher. So, um you know, we can get a bit more mid-turnover and therefore a bit more inside 50. Yeah, I thought Van Dyke was really good in the one game she played for Carlton. I think she 
she locked down on Sabrina Frederick. I think she played the whole game on her and and uh, Sabrina barely touched the ball. So that's a good addition there. She was forced out of the Carlton team, I think, just purely on, on their depth. Um, I've got a, a bit of a broader one for you, Peter. Um, we've seen this year, oh, last year, uh, North Melbourne, Richmond and West Coast in particular, they sort of got rid of the head coaching role of the AFLW coaching and hired internally, brought in, you know, development coaches or assistant coaches. Um, from your personal perspective as, as one of the, the, the uh, predominant coaches in, in the league, what, did, what, did, what was your reaction to seeing, seeing teams do that? Oh, I guess, again, um, I mean, you, you can go either way. I, I mean, I mean, Richmond, unfortunately, didn't have a great year. So yeah. regardless, they were probably looking for another coach. Um, you know, I think Scott um, Gowan, you know, he, he's got a pretty talented team, but, you know, who knows where, where whether they should have got there the, the year before. Um, so I, I don't think the reasoning for dismissing the coaches, um, you know, uh, you know, or anything outside the ordinary. Uh, and I guess to go inside internally, uh, it's probably about developing a bit more footy IP into your program. And I, I guess from that point, it's, it's an advantage to the girls. I mean, if we can get better IP into the girls, um, but have the right people delivering the program, I think that's the win. Yeah, definitely. I tend to agree with you there on that one. And you mentioned Scotty Gowans um, in that uh, sentence there with the North Melbourne team being quite a strong um, fit last year and we went down to them by two points. Which other teams on paper do you think will be the ones to beat this year? Um, uh, is it Collingwood? Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so we're pretty stoked that uh, we come up across you. Um, but, yeah, Collingwood, I mean, North, North again, uh, Frio, um, Carlton um, would be my top four. Uh, really difficult teams, but um, also Adelaide, I think, um, will rebound pretty strongly again with, with Chelsea and Erin back into it. Definitely. So, oh, look, I, I think um, the, the beauty about women's footy is, uh, yeah, you, you know, you, you do your strong teams and your new teams, but, uh, you know, on your day, anyone potentially can win, um, and I think that's what's really important. Definitely. Just on the coaching thing again, Peter, um, we see in the in the men's comp uh, that most of the coaching groups are made up of ex-players in terms of players who have gone through the system, retired, and then stayed in the system. Do you think we'll see that with AFLW as this first sort of wave of players retired? Do you, do you think we'll see them transitioned into that coaching roles and therefore we'll see more women in AFLW coaching that way? Do you think that's the, the natural pathway? Oh, absolutely. It is a natural pathway. Um, but... It's a pathway that needs to be gotten right. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, we saw what happened to Reshaw. Um, we've seen what we've seen what's happened to uh, you know AFL male coaches that have gone straight into uh, roles of high responsibility, and you know um, how, how difficult it's been. So, uh, while I think it's a natural pathway, it's it's something that needs to be done properly in terms of you know um, playing the game, um, understanding the game, knowing the game is not the only thing to, to coaching. There's so many other things. Um, and it's not just, you know, relating to individuals and managing individuals and, you know, what does leadership look like and all that, but it's also, you know, working with your stakeholders, uh, you know, having conversations and presentations to the board and, and so forth. So there's, there's a lot to it um, outside, of, I guess, what people see. And it's really important that 
you know, that the, the players that come through um, get get enough experience at all those other things that have to do before they get thrown right into the deep end. Yeah, fair enough. Do you see any um, St Kilda players right now who you see as potential uh, future coaches in at any level? Yeah, uh, certainly. Kate McCarthy, uh, you know, her knowledge uh, is outstanding. Uh, having her on the field is like having a touch on the field for me. Uh, and her ability to see the game and, and react to the game uh, pretty quickly um, is excellent. And, you know, I guess... As a maturity as a person, she's a teacher, um, so she's you know, got great communication, great delivery, great insight. So she's certainly one. But um, you know, for us, um, a lot of our I guess older players are cross coders, and a lot of our um, footy IP comes from our younger players. So we've probably got a bit of a way for that to occur yet. And Peter Chloe again with the 2021 season going to be looking very different, and a lot of budget cuts happening across a lot of industries. And you just mentioned that Kate McCarthy is, you know, your coach on field, so to say. Do you think player coaches could be a thing of the future? Yeah, look, that's that's a, that's a hard one. Um, I, I'd probably would like to say no. Um, I think that would be going backwards. I mean, we can have um, there's a lot of other things that we can do without um, in terms of resourcing. But and when I say that, I mean, Chloe, you play the game and just trying to take care of what you've got to do. Um, is probably, you know, is, is, is big enough. So I think it's like, if you're going to have a player coach, um, are, are you going to be able to play to your 100% capacity or are you going to be able to coach to your 100% capacity or are you going to be able to do a bit of both? So um, whilst having Kate McCarthy is excellent, it's an added bonus, it shouldn't replace a coach. Yeah, I like that. That's a, you're definitely right, you... You know, you can be a jack of all trades and master of none. So, um, very well played there, Peter Searle. Thank you. Um, we haven't seen much on the social media from St Kilda in terms of any injuries. Is there? Is there any girls um, obviously having a massive break over the COVID period and, and myself going through it knowing it was quite unmotivating at times and, and coming back to body contact training um, definitely took a toll. Is there any injury concerns to, to note, Peter? Uh, well, we've got two that um, were coming back from knee injuries um, and they're, they're travelling along well. Um, I think uh, Selena Carlson, she, she's battling um, some shin complaints, but... Um, at, at the moment, as it stands, we're hoping that come round one we'll have, um, you know, probably 29 to, to choose from. But, you know, having said that, um, there's still two weeks to go. Um, but, you know, still um, managing players. So, you know, um, but we're confident that we'll, we'll, we'll probably have a good 29 to choose from. That's very good. That's exactly what you want to hear. Um <laughs> I just wanted to get your thoughts. I thought. could ask you, Chloe. Oh, yeah, question. true. I know. I was waiting for that. <laughs> and you. Um, yeah. But I will be respectful and answer the question. We, yeah, coming back from that break, there's a, you know, we've got a couple of older girls that are being managed, um, you know, just from having such a break, coming back to body contact. It is a bit concerning when girls are pulling up sore and, and we're, like you said, we're only two weeks away from the season and, um, something I've always been told, you know, by players and coaches is, you know, the most important thing is to get us to round one and we want a fit list to choose from. So if it means managing training, then that's just the way it is. So 
Um, a couple of girls, um, I'll say the older ones, no offence to them, um, <laughs> just being managed with their time on the field, but otherwise no no major injuries, which is probably um, surprising because yeah. I thought there would be a lot more coming back from um, the break that we did have. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. It, it's certainly a difficult break, the Christmas break, um, and more so this year with, with the um, competition coming forward earlier. Um, it just... You have to get stuck into it pretty quickly mm. after a four-day layoff, and that potentially um, is dangerous. Uh, and whilst we might get through, um, you know, I guess physiologically, uh, you know, I'm wondering what impact that might have around six, seven, eight. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we'll wait and see. Definitely. Do you have any? Are you got any practice match scheduled? Um, because we didn't get to play footy during the VFRW, so. Are there any opportunities for your um, team to, to, I guess, get out on the track and, and play? Yeah, so we've had uh, we had an intra club um, prior to the Christmas break. Awesome. Um, hopefully, if everyone is cleared from the COVID test that we all did yesterday, we might have another <laughs> intra club on yeah. Sunday. But, but then we're due to have a practice match the next next week. Um, we were due to play Adelaide in Adelaide, but uh, yeah, we're we're not quite sure where that yeah. is. But we've been promised, as you guys probably have too, yeah. that we'll definitely be playing a practice match against someone. Yeah. COVID forever dictating yeah. FW. That sounds very 2021. <laughs> uh, one last one for you, yeah. for you Peter. Um, what, do you, what are your thoughts? I think I asked you this last year too, on, on the further expansion of the comp. We've sort of, this is sort of like a, a, consolation, a consolidation quiet year where we're sort of just backing in the 14 teams. Do you think we'll see uh, further expansion uh, next year? And do you think the the talent pool in Victoria in particular can handle, say, a Essendon and a Hawthorne coming in, like, next year? Yeah, look, that, that's a difficult question, isn't it, considering there's no footy played this year. Mm. Um, you'd, like, you'd like a bit more footy to be played before you can go, go deeper um, into the draft pool. Um, so look, I think, you know, another year, you got this year of consolidating, I think back on the fact that there was no footy, let's have another year consolidation um to really now you know i guess richmond you know they got um you know help from the afl in terms of priority picks and so did west coast so you'd like to be in a situation where that doesn't happen yeah. um before you go again but um you know i also know that you know the afl is probably keen to, to get the other two in and and for lots of positive reasons overall but yeah personally and selfishly i'd probably like to uh, get a little bit more consolidation around just giving expansion clubs a bit more of a chance to catch up to, you know, those people that have been playing for five years. Yeah, you right. Know, I, I, the thought that, you know, where we are this year in our game plans, where we were last year, just based on the fact that we played six games together was extraordinary. So I couldn't imagine how much easier it is for you guys that have played for five years. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. A little bit of breathing space to get the competition balanced and especially after... 2020 with it cut short and 2021, no idea what it's going to look like. Just a bit of breathing space for teams and of, especially for the expansion teams coming in. So we don't see, yeah. you know, a big discrepancy between the two. But um, thank you for your time uh, today, Peter. And I wish you and St Kilda all the best this season. Um, not too much luck when you come up against us. <laughs> um, but like you said, may the best team win on that day. And um, always a pleasure to have you on, and thank you for kicking us off in 2021. Hi, everyone. Nick here. We're about to throw Davini Marinoff now. Apologies if this is a bit clunky, but as mentioned earlier in the show, um, 
we had to be moved out of the studio. So we've got both interviews for you. We've just finished uh, Peter Searle, who was awesome. And now we're going to throw to Ebony. And we'll talk to you after the show. All right. Now we're joined by another one of our favorite guests from from last year. She was, I think, we had her on in, in the middle of the season last year, Chloe, I think. We did. She was doing her washing, I she, believe. She was doing doing the washing. Um, Ebony Marinoff from the Adelaide Crows joins us. Eb, where do we find you today? Um, I just finished swimming, so that's why I missed your first call. Um, I'm at the footy club just doing, just swam for a bit of recovery, but yeah, no washing today. <laughs> Maybe after the swimming you have to put a load on, but... Noffy, yeah. how have you been? What's what's been happening? How have you gone through the COVID? What are, what have you been doing with yourself? Yeah, well, I could only imagine it's been a bit more weirder for you guys over in Victoria. But um, yeah, well, obviously last year a few of the girls were able to play um, Sample W through the COVID period, which was, I guess, really fortunate um, that some of our younger girls got a fair few games into them. Um, but myself, I still had my my back injury, so it was kind of just maintaining that, played a few games and and then kind of just stopped and, um, yeah, got my back right. So I started doing heaps more Pilates and swimming. So that was good through my COVID period and then, yeah, jumped into pre-season, which, again, was a bit different because we started in groups of 10. But I guess um, I'm a person that just kind of thrives under circumstance and just you got to do what you got to do. So, yeah, it's been a really enjoyable pre-season, actually. We've had... Some new coaching staff um, come in and, and some new girls who are yeah, quite highly regarded at the club now. They've only been here for, you know, two, three months. But it's been weird, but it's it's been enjoyable, which is, yeah, oddly enough. No, that's good to hear. And I'm glad you're managing your back with the Pilates. Um, I have seen that on the um, the Instagram and Anne Hatchard is still looking absolutely ripped. Um, and in saying that, is there anyone that has you mentioned some girls are, are highly regarded um, just in a in a in only being there for a couple of months? Is there anyone standing out for you that we should watch this season? Yeah, well, it's a bit of an interesting story for our um, fellow teammate Lisa Whiteley. She was at GWS um, for a couple of years, um, had a few injuries, had quite a severe back injury last year, and, and didn't end up playing a game. And at the end of our season, obviously, we lost my great mate, Courtney Cramey, mm. and we kind of needed a replacement. Um, and obviously, everyone knows CJ's pretty highly regarded full player and, and yes. has also got um, experience behind her. So I guess our recruiting team weren't looking to bring like a younger one in. They kind of wanted someone to fill CJ's void with experience. And yeah, she's come in, and I actually asked her the other day, I reckon she played two games at Giants, and I reckon she'll feature pretty heavily in all our games and not only just feature but really make an impact but yeah she's been really impressive obviously someone that's been on lists that you don't know about but yeah come come back home to Adelaide we're very lucky to get her back from GWS and I'm sure she's pretty lucky now because she's not up in the Albury <laughs> house but um, yeah no she's been awesome through all pre-season um, someone else who's um, probably taken the next step up which it's been great for her. Nikki Gore. She was um, number one draft pick a couple of years ago and mm. probably just had a bit of time to find her feet and all her other close mates she went through the academy with kind of all played, you know, how everyone just kind of gets a game over in Victoria, all the number one draft picks. I think she struggled a little bit with that, um, but just really take ownership that it's her career. She doesn't need to worry about anyone else and she's worked really hard. So they're probably my two through the preseason. Keep an eye out for them. Very good, very good. Um, so last year was a pretty tough year for you guys in general with 
injuries mostly. So first, your your back's all good. Yep, I'm all good. Um, yeah, that's uh, like COVID was a blessing for me. Obviously, Flip. Um, yeah, she's cherry ripe, and yes, yeah, super excited to have her back as a tag team that we were back <laughs> yes. in 2019 and the years. Years before that, but someone like Chelsea Randall, obviously, um, you know, probably rocked the whole footy world when she went down with her ACL, like just an amazing athlete to watch. Everybody loves watching her. She, you, you cannot tell she's done an ACL. Like it's, it's, it's incredible. Like it's, it's bizarre because, you know, everyone needs time to find their feet and the pressure of someone having an ACL, but yeah, her jumping in an aerial, like, wow. <laughs> Yeah, and she's definitely someone like when hearing you say that, not surprised at all because she is someone you just watch her game. She's determined. So, yeah, ACL, you never wish that upon anyone, but she's definitely taken in her stride. And I'm actually quite scared to see how she'll come back because I think she's one that'll come back better, um, which I didn't think you would happen. Yeah, it would be possible. Yeah, no, nah, it, it is. I think it's just scary because you just watch people and, like, obviously, like, she's such a good player, like you said. So, like when you watch someone come back, you just go like, they just got stronger or like, you know, they they bring something else and they evolve just through an ACL injury. Yeah. And yeah, she's just been incredible. And I'm so excited to have her back, like two co-captains back on the field. Yeah, it'll be, yeah, it'll be massive for us. Definitely. So what do the, what do the Crows look like in 2021 with uh, fully fit Randall, fully fit yourself, fully fit Aaron Phillips? Is this uh, becoming a pattern where you sort of win every second flag? <laughs> I mean, some people would say that. Um, oh, obviously, like you know, people talk about injuries and and how you just have to roll with it. But yeah, last year we we had Chloe Shear go down. Obviously, we split in the previous um, yep. grand final. But another one that no one hears about is Hannah Martin, who just got married. So it's now Hannah Button. She did her ACL in the VFL um, back in 2019, and she'll be another gun that will be a part of our midfield clog that played in our premiership year. Um, who's now fully fit and killing it. She's got a little sister next to her now, Rochelle Martin, who was, you know, the BNF in the in the sample comp just being gone. So, yeah, it's exciting, um, especially with the training that we've been able to have um, again and, and had some continuity amongst players. So, yeah, I definitely think we'll be up there and, and hopefully we've done the work that, I mean, puts us up there and, we know we've had a really good preseason under different circumstances, but so is every other team. But yeah, I'd like to think that we'll be really competitive. Um, yeah, as you can imagine, that we'd want to be yeah. after the year we had. It's obviously hard to know because of you know most teams have barely played a game in twelve months. But who 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 do you look at from from the perspective of other teams and think that's probably going to be a tough matchup matchup this year? Oh, I can't I can't go past Fremantle and Carlton. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously North Melbourne, but yeah, I think North Melbourne have a very well-rounded list. Um, but the X factor that Freo have in their forward line um, when you when you come up against like you know the best defenders in the comp against Carlton, like I feel like that'd be a really good matchup. And if they were to play, I'd love to see that. But yeah, both teams um, like Carlton's back line, their midfield. I reckon Lisa Day. I'm gonna just put her as a smokey. Could potentially, you know, win the win the um, AFLW BNF. Oh just, wow! Caught it early. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just gonna put her up there. Mads Press Park is gonna have another big year, but I reckon Juni. Maybe BNF putting a bit more pressure on her, but <laughs> I reckon Juni is gonna thrive at Carlton. Um, 
I'm so excited. I used to live with her back in 2017 when I was in She just looks really happy and content, so I reckon she'll be an awesome addition for the baggers. Um, also think, yeah, the Pies will be up there. Bree Davey, obviously, like, coming back from her ACL last year. Like, she was just ready, rearing yeah. to go at the back end of the season. Yeah. So I reckon, yeah, she'll have a massive influence on you guys. Um I reckon, I don't know, I reckon St Kilda are going to be Ooh. one of these teams that just yeah, I agree really that. improve. Peter Searle's a really good coach, got some young young girls, but they all kind of seem to know each other. And uh, Chloe, as you can imagine, playing footy and like basketball through your life, like when you have like a special bond mm-hmm. and you don't have to be the best team, like I think that kind of replicates what we did in 2017. Like we definitely weren't the most talented, but... When you just have a connection and you get going, it, it's hard to break. Definitely, definitely. And then once you get that momentum going, it's it's the old cliche champion team versus team of champions. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and you like, I'm I'm worried for the play teams that are going to come against you because you've lost players like CJ Foley and Gum, but you've got superstars coming back. And then also you just mentioned the continuity that you've been out of form at Adelaide, and you've always been flag contenders. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm scared, for a better term, for the teams that have come up against you, and um, especially yourself. You sound like you're tracking really well. So um, in saying that, like, do you replace, you know, the players that you've lost, or is it just it's not a, a sense of replacement? It's just you, you look to others to, to step up. Yeah, it's a great question. It's a great question because sometimes – you you go oh shit we need to um like replace that ruck we've lost Jess Foley and you know all listeners Jess Foley hands down best comp best um ruck in the comp I remember a couple of years ago Lozzie Pierce like won the All Australian ruck spot and she at the W she went up Jess Foley she's like you you deserve this like she's she's amazing but I feel like you'll never get someone like her so you go all right who's going to step up like is that Ree Metcalf who's coming back from ACL is that Caitlin Gould who was fortunate enough to play last year um and then you know you look at Courtney Gum and like she was a star for us and Giants but then you go all right well is that 20 year old midfielder that's been in our team you know for two odd years are they going to step do they want that position like how bad do you want it Mm -hmm. you're going to work for it so I think there's replacement players, like I speak about Lisa Whiteley, like you need that, you know, half-back flank experience voice, you know, setting you up. But then there's other times where you just go, right, someone's gone, you're yeah. stepping up. Yeah, it's an opportunity. One door closes, I guess another one opens, so to say. <laughs> Absolutely. Love it. Love all this uh, this player speak that just goes over my head. But I get it. I get what you're saying. Um <laughs> I just want to play now. <laughs> I know. I'm chomping. I'm like, I'm done training. I'm done with the running. Just give me a footy. I want to play. Um, I've got a more important yeah. one for you here, Ebony. Um, so round one, you play Melbourne um, and you're playing at Casey Fields. Is that the worst venue in the country? I'm going to say it's the worst venue in the country, yes. Yeah. And I reckon, I've obviously got close mates in Melbourne and I can't believe that we're playing in round one, but we'll roll with it. Um, we are at Windy Westlake, so we're pretty lucky that we... Um, I don't know if you guys know Amy Stadium, but it used to be where the the boys played, and there was a grandstand. Yeah, there's no grandstand. Oh it's no, becoming it's a demolition. So you can imagine that we get all the wind because there is no grandstand. Ah, so you're preparing for round one. To... Yes, yeah. So we're actually been lucky, and Doc makes a laugh 
and the jokes about it because we've generally been training in Windy West Lakes for the past three months. So we're, we're prepared, but it's it's not the best. We'll fly the day before um, Go State, Glen Waverley, and yeah. I know it's crazy that it's only three or so weeks away. I know, it is snuck oh, up so Glen quickly. Waverley, that's my part of town. Anyway, you go. <laughs> so I agree it is the worst venue in the country, but I'm pleased to hear that you've uh, been <laughs> training for it. Um, and that, like, a question for you, because you, you did mention that you've been pretty blessed through the COVID period and Adelaide's, I guess, um, been a bit on the outskirts for the COVID and Victoria's kind of been the plague area. And I don't know if you agree with me, Noffy, but people tend to think that Victoria always have the upper hand because we've got such a strong VFLW competition and you came over and played for Darabin. Do you think the, the the advantage is kind of flipped and now the interstate teams like Adelaide who have been able to have a season under their belt have that advantage? And if so, will it impact the AFRW 2021? Yeah, um, I think one thing for us in terms of sample is we all went back to other clubs um, and it was it was not really about us, um, if that makes sense, because usually we're not allowed to go back and play sample in terms of loading. So mm. I think one of the biggest things that a lot of us girls, even like I went back to the club, didn't play heat, but just more or less having an impact on like the other girls that don't, you know, we don't play club land footy anymore. So like having a real impact on their programs was, was probably one of our things that we were told to do from the club, not just going in. Like a lot of our girls played out of position. Um, so through the development, I think, would would have been a massive advantage, even if it was, you know, a three, four-month period. But the thing for me that I feel like we have an advantage of um, is just the strength. You know, you Victorians were only allowed to go out for, you know, one to two hours. Mm-hmm. So a running, I would hope you were all fit, but in terms of that strength and intervention that you weren't able to get, you know, maybe you had 20-kilo dumbbells yeah. or whatnot home, but... Being out of the gym, um, I think, yeah, is a massive disadvantage and an advantage for us. But hopefully, I, you know, I feel for the Victorians because I have, you know, a lot of close mates and that would have been really hard. I couldn't imagine. We went into lockdown for three days and I went to my family friend's farm. I couldn't sit home for mm. more than two hours. Um, but I think, yeah, definitely the, the strength and injury prevention component was something that, yeah, I was... Like we were thriving off because we were like, all right, well, this is something that we can get advantage of, like take advantage of it. But at the same time, you know, like Nina Morrison, like going through a, yeah. you know, second ACL reconstruction without a gym, like you just, you have to feel for them and not really, you know, put yourself in that position. Like it would have been awful. Definitely. It's definitely it? one of the storylines, isn't it, to watch this year? 100% to see how the yeah, Victorian yeah. teams bounce back. And like you said, the injury preventions, and I've been quite surprised that we haven't had any major um, injuries thus far, but I guess it's just been a management thing. And you're correct, the maximum dumbbell weight I had was seven kilos. So um, we'll see how my <laughs> tiny biceps go oh, this year. Those pipes are going well. <laughs> well, Ebony, thank you very much for giving us uh, some of your time. We'll let you get back to, to swimming. Um, and best of luck with the 2021 season. No worries. I'll see you at Vic Park, Chloe. No, you will. See you, Noppy. What, what round is that? Do we know? Oh, I'm not sure. I just know we play um, at Vic Park. No, nah, I'm with this you, season, I reckon. Oh, I just know that we play you. I don't know when, but I just know it's it's come this yeah, season. Yeah, it's a Saturday, Saturday night under light. So we're looking forward to that. I reckon we played 
the Pies um, VFL, well, and I will playing Thunder there. That's the only time I've oh, played there. So yeah. looking forward to being back. It's got a, um, yep. it's been upgraded actually, so it might be a little bit better than last time. But I'll see you there, Noffy. Ooh, a little bit fancier. <laughs> Round four, big Thanks, stage. guys. Thank you very much, everybody. <laughs> see you, Noff. See ya. Thank you very much for listening to this edition of the Boundary AFLW podcast. Uh, Chloe's uh, head off. We realised we didn't record an outro, which is pretty classic of us. Um, this is, again, in the non-studio audio. But thank you very much for, for being with us today. Next week, I promise, a full uh, show in a studio without weird audio and um, no bits in the middle. But thank you very much for joining us and see you next week.